0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is a new dream that Dana Coverstone has just come out with, and I think it merits us talking about. I think it really hits a very important nail right on the head. The title is called The Rockwell Dream. It's given February 12, 2022. I dreamed that I was standing in a small rural foyer, or the area just before you walk into a church sanctuary. I think you call it the narthex. I was drawn to a Norman Rockwell painting on the wall. It was called the Thanksgiving, Freedom from Want. Now, notice those words, freedom from want, because I believe the point of this is saying that America's freedom from want is just about over. I believe God is about to take that away from us so that the church can wake up. Freedom from want that's really kind of our theme in america for many years now freedom from want that's what that, that's where we are we live in the world of freedom from want it framed in the painted gold uh, it framed in a painted gold uh surrounded by artificial green ivy this is the picture very famous picture now if you're going to understand this dream and understand what god is saying to us all here it's important to really take a moment and look at the picture. A couple of things you need to notice. One is we have grandpa. Then we have grandma. They're serving a large turkey. In other words, it's extreme blessings in America. I think God has blessed us, and one of the reasons is we've given him thanks. And then if you'll notice the people at the table here. So that's, that's a picture of what God is about to show us, I think. He's about to say that he's about to take this away. In other words, our blessing, freedom from want, is about to be taken away. And we are now about to be wanting. And of course, I don't know what we got, 18, 12 dreams. I need to count them up. All saying food shortage. I don't hear, I don't have anything saying that our guns are going to be confiscated. None of that stuff. What I'm hearing is food shortage. Now let's go on. I became part of the scene. By the way, this is lightly edited so it flows good on the program, but nothing has changed of importance. I became part of the scene. I was sitting at the table as the grandmother brought in the turkey. The grandfather was looking out the window behind him and suddenly shed the blinds and gave his wife a strange look. At that, it sounded like gunfire and explosions were outside the window. Hmm. Now, I understand, I think, that Coverstone's dreams are not prophecies that are guaranteed to come to pass. They are warnings that are guaranteed to come to pass unless we pray, which is why we're going to have another solemn September assembly coming up in September. We'll be talking more about that shortly because we must pray. That's the point of these is God is saying, if you don't pray, this is the road you're on. But he's also saying if you read between the lines, is we can stop it. We can have a softening or a delay. So he became part of the scene. Then all of a sudden, he sees this. Several of the kids started to jump from the table to look outside, but the grandmother screamed, sit back down. There's nothing going on outside. What it's saying is, this is a picture of the pastors in the churches right now, And it's a picture of when this trouble that's coming hits, this is going to be the reaction. They're going to tell their congregation members, sit down, shut up, there's not a problem, just ignore it, just continue to ignore it, it's going to go away. In other words, God is, and that's the point of this dream, he's trying to say, this is really a message to the church in general, but specifically to the church leadership. I've been very frustrated with these people that continue to teach a misunderstanding. I don't think they are uh, thinking that they're teaching a lie. I don't think that they are intending on harming people. But when they tell people they don't have to worry about this trouble coming up because Jesus is going to return in the clouds and suck them up in the clouds, so they don't have to go through any of this trouble, they are doing a disservice to their congregation members. That's one of the other points of this dream. Go back and look at it. We're going to go through this a little slower today because there's some real important points that we all need to get, and especially pastors, uh, please watch this. Send this to your pastors. I'm a pastor too. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But I'm trying to say this is a word from the Lord. We need to change some things that we're doing. Several of the kids started to jump up from the table to look outside. The grandmother screamed, sit down. There's nothing going on outside. See, as the pastors see the trouble that has currently arrived over the last 18 months, some of them have actually said these very words or something very similar to them. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, we don't have to worry about that because we're going in the rapture. Uh, wrong. And they're doing a disservice. She withdrew herself back to being peaceful. In other words, sit down and then just act like nothing's wrong. Those at the table knew something was wrong and started to pull up the news on their cell phones. In other words, some congregation members that have been taught a pre-trib rapture or they've been taught to ignore all of this trouble, or maybe they really believe in a rapture themselves, but nevertheless they are seeing this and they're saying, ah, Something's going wrong, you know. Uh, in other words, what you're telling me from the pulpit is not lining up with what I see outside. It's not lining up with what I see in the news. And as we move closer into this, pastors, you, get my book, Secret Door. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Get the book. Take some time and read it. You do not know. I, I'm not trying to be arrogant here, I'm not trying to call attention to myself, I'm not trying to sell a book. But I'm just telling you, here's the way it is. You do not know what is in this book. I've been a prophecy 40 years, teaching it 20, 30 years. I did not know anything in this book. It's all new information. That's what everybody says. I've never heard this information. And I don't think he gave it to me because I'm special. I think he gave it to the end time saints. That's you. Because you're special. God wants us all to know and understand these things in the last days. That's what the book is. It's written by a pastor. It's not specifically for pastors, but every pastor ought to read it. And I can tell you right now, if you're expecting a little small cartoon, it's not. A matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you one story. One lady came up to have me sign her book, and she says, I can tell you something. She says, I'm an avid, avid reader. She said, I read two to three books a week and have for years, all my life. She says, I got your skinny little book in the mail, and I thought I'll blow through that in three hours. She says, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> well, I saw her a couple of months later. She said, it took her a couple of months to get through the book. She said, because this is not just a book that you just sit down and read like a novel. This is a book where you read a line, and then you blink, and you read the line again, and then you turn back to the chart in the back of it, and you look at the chart, you blink, you blink. And you go back and you reread the line and you go back to the chart and you read the line and you go back to the chart. It's deep because this is, maybe I could say it this way, a four-year degree in understanding Bible prophecy in one book. You do not know what is in the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. Trust me, you do not know it. Go to prophecyclub.com and we offer them a shrink wrap sets of five. I think it's $35 for a set of five of them. But the best deal is get the, the $100 offer where you get eighty or I mean, excuse me 40 books for $100. Anyway, prophecyclub.com, back to the dream. So those at the table knew something was wrong and started to pull up the news on their cell phones. The grandfather yelled, put your phones away. Stay focused on the family gathering. See, that's what the pastors are doing. They're telling them, ignore the news. Don't pay attention. Just listen to me. Listen to the pulpit. Just ignore all of that. And consequently, there's some congregation members that are not getting prepared. They're listening to the pulpit that is giving them bad advice. Don't feel bad. The rabbis did that for the last 2,000 years by telling them you don't have to pay attention to Jesus. So consequently, look where Israel is. All right, let's go on. He kept looking back at the window when there was a significant noise. The grandmother would just smile, ignoring the noise outside, and kept carving the turkey. See, that's what the churches are doing. They're ignoring the rioting in the streets. They're ignoring the inflation. They're ignoring the the, the shelves that are starting to go empty. They're ignoring all of this and just saying, don't, We don't have to worry about all that. We're going into a pre trib rapture, just like Revelation 8, 18 says For she saith in her heart, I set a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day death, mourning, and famine and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. That's talking about America, and I believe he's talking about the rapture. He kept looking back at the window when there was a significant noise. The grandmother just smiled, ignoring the noise outside, and kept carving the turkey. That's what the churchers are doing. The grandmother filled the plates of the 10 or 12 people sitting at the table. The grandfather said, hold hands and pray. (laughs) That's what the churches are doing. Just stick together and just pray. That's all we gotta do. Just stick together and pray. Three people at the table kept sneaking looks out the window with concern. The grandfather said, focus and ignore outside. Nothing is happening outside. Man, you could almost hear that from the pulpit, huh? Focus and ignore outside. Nothing is happening outside. He began to pray. His lips were moving. But there was no sound. In other words, I think God is either saying that they're acting like they're praying. I'm talking about church leadership, that they're ignoring the problem. They're either acting like they're praying, but they're not really praying. Or if they are praying, their words are falling to the ground. The Lord is not hearing their prayers because they're not walking with him. You've got to walk with Jesus for him to hear your prayers. Okay, does that make sense? When the house would shake... He would sneak a peek outside, but kept his eyes shut. The grandmother kept telling the three who were concerned, keep your eyes shut and be quiet. That's what the churches are telling their people, right? Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry. Don't even watch the news. They tell them that. Don't watch the news. By by the way, we had one, one church in Topeka, Kansas, in early days of Prophecy Club, from the pulpit told, I mean, it's like the largest uh, church in Topeka, Kansas, from the pulpit, said, I don't want anybody watching, listening to, following anything that Prophecy Club does. He (laughs) He mentioned this by name, and I thought, what? So I ordered the tape, and of course, it had been edited out, as you can imagine. The noise outside got closer, and the house shook a few more times. Each time, the grandfather would flinch. And say, Amen, very loudly and smiling. And he said, Let's eat and pretend it's all good. That's what the church is doing. They're ignoring the end times. It's upon them. They're ignoring it. No, no. Look, if, if we just keep our head in the sand, then it'll go away. And that's what they're telling their people in so many ways. People began eating and after a few bites, their faces twisted saying, the food is not good at all. In other words, what I'm getting from the pulpit is not truth. Let me say it this way. If you're going to a big fancy church, you're probably not getting the truth. If you're going to a church where everything seems to be wonderful, the people are smiley and happy, and everything seems to be going fine, you're probably not getting the truth. If you're going to a church where you just really enjoy it, you just really like the messages, you're probably not getting the truth. As a matter of fact, in today's climate, if you're not going to a church where your toes are getting stomped on occasionally, if you're not going to a church where every once in a while you start getting a little scared, if you're not going to a church where they're actually teaching and telling you about the end times and encouraging you to get prepared, and of course the first preparation has to be a spiritual preparation, okay? If you're not, I would, say, I would like people to, to say, email me at askstandaprophecyclub.com and I'll send you to a right church. But I don't know any other church. <laughs> they're all in trouble. Let's eat and pretend it's all good. That's what they're doing. This is... I love this dream. I mean it, it speaks to my heart because the churches won't hear, they won't wake up. People begin eating, and after a few bites their faces twisted saying the food was really not good at all. So they're they're getting the the, the congregation members can see they're not getting the truth. The grandfather said loudly and exaggeratedly this food is so good. That's what they're doing for the puppets this world is so good, we don't have to worry about anything. God is going to take care of us. But they're ignoring the times, you see. The three people who had expressed concern earlier looked at each in disgust, and one spoke up and said, nah, nah, that's not really the truth. This is really bad. This tastes bad. See, even in the coldest churches, even in the churches where it's the most smiley and the most wonderful sermons, there's a few people that says, wait a minute. Uh, what I'm hearing from the pulpit is not what I'm seeing in the streets. They don't match, okay? Good for you. The grandmother stood saying, don't talk to your pastor that way. See if there's anybody that raises a voice and says, man, you know, I've had people email me and say, man, yeah, I took your book to my pastor and he threw it in the trash. I took your book to the pastor. I tried talking to him about the, the, the end times. They asked me to leave. They asked me to leave the church. <laughs> I know. I understand. The grandmother stood saying, don't talk to your pastor that way. She threw her napkin on the table, grabbed the gravy, and poured it all over the three plates in, in gravy, saying, now, That will make it easier to get down. Now, stop complaining. So what did she do? She just poured gravy. She just said, oh, well, you know, we're the greatest nation on earth, and and DJT, he's going to take care of us, and we're not going to see any sorrow. God's going to take care of us. Okay, that's what they're doing. They're just pouring gravy over it. They're not really addressing the problem. The others chewed their food, but it obviously did not taste good. These people were all pale and weak and malnourished. Pale, weak, and malnourished? What is that? Look at it. Pale, weak, and malnourished. Who's that talking about? This is talking about the Christians that are pale, weak, and malnourished, partly because of their own fault. They haven't gone to the Bible studies. They haven't taken time to read the King James Bible. Or they've got themselves one of those fluffy Bibles, you know, like the NIV, the Not inspired version. So it'll keep out all that bad stuff, you know, like uh, these kind goeth not out but by f- prayer and fasting, you know, the real meat of the world. Word. So they are pale, weak, and malnourished. They aren't ready for the last days. They are not ready to resist the mark of the beast. Look, if you can't resist a mask, if you can't resist the anti-V, what are you going to do when the mark of the beast comes along? You know, most people took it. Anyway, pale, weak, and malnourished. All of that has to do with their walk with the Lord. Their roots are not down deep. Consequently, when the wind blows, when the rain comes, great will be the fall of their house. I heard the whistling of a falling bomb overhead. The three concerned people yelled, Everybody get down now! The grandfather covered his face down on the table with his hands. The bomb hit. The house exploded in fire, smoke, and destruction. As it cleared, the table was still there. The people were all dead and dismembered. The plates of food still sat on the table. Now, what's the plates of food? (laughs) It's the word of God that they were trying and should have been eating, but they didn't like it, okay? The three concerned people now crawled out from under the table and sat down notice the three concerned people were not hurt. The ones that had accepted the lies and had not spoken up about the lies in their church, they were gone. And that's what the angel here that speaks to him is about to tell him. Then the man I see in my dreams, this is the angel that comes to him, appeared at the opposite end of the table and pointed to the three people and said, you were wise to listen to the word. And that is what spared you from the destruction warn the church to listen <laughs> my heart warn the church to listen now let me let me pause for just a second here if you're listening to this that means you're probably not new to prophecy club this is probably not the first one you've listened to but my question is if you are doing what if you believe this is of god and i do believe it is of god warn the church to listen if you're not sending this out, and I'm not trying to just get Prophecy Club to grow more. This is not about building Prophecy Club. This is about building the kingdom of God. So if you're watching this, then if you are a watchman, no, 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 let me rephrase that. If you're watching this, if you watch more than one or two of these, you are a watchman. You are called to be a watchman. Bible says that if you, if the watchman sees the sword come, and if he does not blow the trumpet, then the blood of those people is on his head. So if you know, when you see this trouble coming, and you don't pass this along or some kind of warning, if you're not trying to warn them, then Ezekiel 33, six says the blood is on your head. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I'm only asking you, pass it along. Pass it along to all your email lists. Warn the church to listen, now look at this, and inspect every bite of their food. In other words, inspect what you're getting from the pulpit. Inspect, and and here's another thing. I get these people that send me these links, thank you very much for sending the links, but boy, some of the people, and they'll say, oh, this, this woman or this man is just really hearing from God. I can't listen 10 seconds to these people. It's not God. It's not God. I want to, <laughs> Leslie and I have talked about this. We decided not to mention names, but I'll call, I'll call call Leslie in and say, I'm not a prophet, okay? I'm an apostle. She's a prophet. Prophets are subject to prophets. Not only that, but she's a judge. I'll call her in when I'm playing. Okay, what do you think of this? <laughs> she... <laughs> Ten seconds. Turn that off. I could... Because by the spirit shirt, he knows it's a lie. People are lying. They are getting on YouTube, and they are lying to you. Listen to me. They are lying to you. They're saying, I had a dream. Well, maybe they did, but it's not from God. Or they're saying, "Uh, well, God had so," and they write it down, and they have kind of like they have these just almost every day. Uh, you know, Jeremiah didn't have a, a vision or a dream every day. Dimitri didn't have, you know, if he had one a month, that was often. A lot of times it go two or three months. And Dimitri heard from God probably more than anybody else I've ever met. So these people have dreams and visions all the time. I'll tell you what, Leslie will, will tell you. You stay in the spirit too long and you start hearing from the wrong spirit. And she says, if you start hearing a whole lot, that's a problem. Because then it's the devil coming in. Anyway, let's go back. You were wise to listen to the word. And that's what spared you from the destruction. Warn the church to listen and to inspect every bite of food. In other words, warn the church to make certain what they're believing is the word of the Lord really is the word of the Lord. Now, how do you know? Well, obviously, one of the things I'd like for you to do is listen to Prophecy Club. I'd like to be able to tell you 100% here, but you know, we're not perfect. We still make mistakes too, but do your best. Obviously, if it's in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I mean, like we have 11 or 12 things saying food shortage. We got, what, 12 or 13 different people saying suitcase nukes. When you get that many, you can count on it. It's true. Warn the church to listen and inspect every bite of their food. Warn those in the pulpit to stop feeding their people lies. I'll say it again. Warn those in the pulpit to stop feeding their people lies. Look, if your pastor is reading or teaching out of the NIV, you got a problem. If he's telling you you're going to go in a pre-trib rapture, you got a problem. If he's not telling you about the end times, if they are if they're not warning you like this, then what this is saying, I'm not saying it, okay, I'm just delivery boy here. But what this is saying is you are obligated to go to your pastor, and the way you do this is you say, Pastor, I'd like to set an appointment with you. And I suggest you probably walk in with some of the Coverstone dreams, or maybe my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. And I think you need to, and hopefully you've been tithing, and you've been at that church long enough, building and supporting, and standing next to that pastor long enough. When that pastor, when you when you say, "Look at pastor, you know, I got a problem with some things here," he's not going to just throw you out of the office. Instead, he's got to listen to you. And I think it. I think the kind, the honey talk, <laughs> the sweet talk, eh, time for that's gone. I think it's time for us to go into the pastor's office and say. Hang on. We got to talk straight. Some things are wrong. You got to get out of that NIV garbage. You got to quit saying this pre trib rapture. You got to get yourself informed. You got to start informing your sheep about the last days. This is the word of the Lord, and this is what it says. Now, he's probably not going to listen, he's probably going to be full of pride. He'll probably, if he's if he's really kind, he'll be even kind to you and just kindly toss you out of his office. But he might not <laughs> toss you out of his office kindly. As a matter of fact, you might be escorted to the front door of that church. You might be looking for another church. But if you do, if you believe this is the Lord, this is what it's saying. It's saying go and talk to your church leadership and tell them the Lord is telling you straighten up your act. You're obligated to. I mean. <laughs> Move along, there's there's more. So I'm watching and will to destroy the poison. This is Jesus talking now. I'm watching and will destroy the poisoned well. What's that saying? That's saying that Jesus is watching these churches and the church leadership and he is going to destroy the church. The church leadership. Look, well, I mean I didn't I didn't write it. Okay, I'm just delivery boy here, but that's what it's saying. I'm watching and will destroy the poisoned well and I will remove my light from their pulpit and the life from their eyes. How do you make of that? How do you twist that around to say something good? I'm watching. This is Jesus talking. I'm watching and I will destroy the poisoned well. He's saying I'm watching and I will destroy that church. And I will remove my light from their pulpit, means there won't be any more inspiration, there won't be any more anointing from that pulpit, and I will destroy the life from their eyes. I, there's no other way you can cut it. That's saying, I will take the life of my servant if they don't straighten up. Now, if you think God's che- uh, kidding here, if you think Jesus won't do that, I won't, but I could tell you was some specific incidents where people I met, people I knew, people I saw, were not doing it right. Oh, to the people they were smiling. All right, here I'll give you an example. So this guy called me mm, year, year and a half ago, and I've got a, a word from the Lord. I've, I've had some dreams and visions for America. So okay, tell me. So he starts telling me, you know, I saw the destruction of America. I saw this and I saw that. And I patiently listened. I saw this and I saw that. So I got to the end. I said, well, let me ask you a few questions. I said, so you say this was a dream? Yeah. When was it? Why I don't know exactly. I said, well, did you not write it down? No. Did you not make a uh, note of the date? No. Okay. You said that this was a vision. Yes when was that? I I don't know exactly. I mean, I just, I just know that he spoke to me. I said, well, how many of these dreams and visions have you had? Oh, I don't know, probably eight, maybe 10. I said, did you write any of them down? No. Did you make note of the date of any of them? No. I said, okay, well, <clears throat> uh, I've listened patiently to you for about an hour and a half now to tell me all about these things that God has spoken to you. I said, now, you'd probably like to know my opinion. He said, yeah, I would. I said, well, I'm going to ask you to listen patiently as I give you my answer. I said, you are lying through your teeth. You know it. God knows it. God has not spoken to you. And what you should do is immediately resign your position at the church. Then you need to get up in front of the church and you need to openly confess to the church how you have been lying to them. Resign your position and you need to be out of the ministry for at least two years, and then only a group of presbytery that, after you have been corrected, after you've been set down, after you've repented, and after they're convinced that that is so, then perhaps, possibly, possibly on the outside, you might be allowed to come back into the ministry of the church. And there was a long pause. And then he started defending himself, and I said, yes, I thought you'd defend yourself like that. I said, but I've given you my answer. Have a nice day, and hung up. Well, I thought that would be the end of it, but it wasn't the end of it. So the next next day, the phone rang. Leslie happened to answer it. <laughs> the prophet, the judge, answered the phone. And these two ladies gone, and said, we are we calling from this church. You know, you know uh, 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 Pastor Stan... Talked to our pastor yesterday, our apostle, and we were on the other line listening. We were so glad Stan said that stuff to him because we thought he was lying to us. We just kept thinking he was lying to us. He was lying to us, but we couldn't prove it. She says, but now we have a second witness. Now, I don't know what happened, but I can tell you what ought to happen. What the, see, I didn't write this. This is coverstone, okay? this is I believe this is the angel talking to him. Let's read this again, because if you don't get this to your pastor, if if they're guilty of this, he's saying he's about to bring judgment on church leadership. Now, wait a minute. We want to see the massive arrests. We want to see the internal revelation. We want to see the bad guys kicked out and the good guys put in. But judgment begins at the house of God. What does that mean? That means that before the massive arrests take place, before he brings judgment on the devil, before he brings judgment on the world, where does he have to bring judgment to first? The answer is right here, on the church. I'm watching. This is Jesus talking. I'm watching, and I will destroy the poisoned well. He's saying, I'm watching the churches, and I will destroy that church. And I will remove my light, or my anointing, from their pulpit. And the life from their eyes, I will take their life. I will take the life of that pastor. Go and find fresh water and truth that will feed your souls. He is telling people, if you're in that kind of a church where you're not being fed, get your Bible out. (laughs) The three got up, wiped the debris from themselves, and thanked him for sparing them. He simply said, you saved yourself by recognizing the truth was not being spoken. You saved yourself by recognizing the truth was not being spoken. See, a lot of people don't like Prophecy Club. little well, spiritual Prophecy Church, you know, we've been going here since uh, 2006. And we're at 30 or 40 people on a Sunday. We're, we're praying. We've been praying for the last week for 45 minutes every Sunday morning that God would bring in more people. But they don't want it. They, we're living in a day and time when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they heap to themselves, or we would say, but they hire for themselves pastors that are speaking smooth things, that are telling them what they want to hear. You saved yourself by recognizing the truth was not being spoken. He then looked at me and said, warn the church and keep warning the church to speak the truth until I come. I think that this is one of the most important messages that Coverstone's got. You saved yourself because, by recognizing the truth. If you're listening to Prophecy Club, matter of fact, you know, I don't know, we're probably 20, 25, 30 minutes into this broadcast. If you're still here, good for you. If you're still listening, good for you. It probably means that you're able to endure a sound doctrine, that you're able to hear a truth. But, you know, most people wouldn't make it 60 seconds into a broadcast like this. Nah. Don't like it. It's not what their flesh wants to hear. The Bible says, I can't quote it exactly, but the Bible says, the one that accepts correction is wise. He simply said, You saved yourself by recognizing the truth was not being spoken. Then he looked at me and said, Warn the church. In other words, this is Jesus himself talking to Coverstone, talking to us, you and I, okay? And he's saying, Warn the church warn the church, warn the church and keep warning the church, ask them, plead with them to seek the truth because he's coming. He's coming. Now, what do you think that shaking is? Why do you think the shaking is for the church? He's obviously told you he's going to shut down some churches and I believe there'll be some churches burned. I believe there'll be some people walk away from churches and they'll be cursing their pastors. I think there'll be some people turn back and probably beat, beat their pastors. And I told that to Michael Boldea one time in a private conversation. He said, if the pastors only get beaten, they got off easy because they've spoken lies. They've taught lies in the name of Jesus. They have not got their people ready. And I'll tell you what, every pastor, yeah, oh. Here's a good example. W- would you like to guess how many times Leslie and I have been invited in to speak and minister at a church? Well, how long have you been doing it? Well, let's see. Prophecy Club been going 28 years now. We used to be on 85 radio stations and 25 TV stations. Used to be the number two prophecy ministry in America. We have some 91,000 subscribers on uh, YouTube, and they, I'm told... that <laughs> We have about the same number of people. I don't. I don't know exactly uh, on Facebook. Okay, now at all of those years, you, you think the pastors know about prophecy club? Yep. Think they listen to it? Nope. Think they would have me in or Leslie? Nope. 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 Why? Because they can't stand the truth. Even if the pastor would like to invite us in, see, the pastor is hired and fired by the board members board members run that church, people that are not called, that are not anointed, that are not called in the ministry, they're running that church. And if that pastor invited somebody like us in with the church, people would complain, and that pastor would be out looking in front of the job. So, in 28 years, I think we've been invited to speak at 10 churches. Ten. I think that right there tells you they can handle the truth. Okay, yeah. I gotta thank you. I gotta praise your part. A week ago, I asked for a forklift. Would you believe? Like three, or four days later, something like that. A brother, uh, several people sent donations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those donations. One brother sent a very large donation, and as a result of all of your giving, we're able to get this forklift. This is the picture of the forklift. I'm very excited about it. It's uh, how we say a low mileage. <laughs> the correct way to say it is low hour. Uh, way, anyway, so I'm naming it Edward in honor of the guy that gave the large donation to help us to get it. So I'm saying thank you, Edward. We're calling it Edward. Right here's the name of it. Right here, Edward, okay. And thank you, and thank you, Lord Jesus, because we really needed this forklift. I also want to say this is a loaf of bread that I actually cooked. I cooked that. And I actually this is it, and I've cut it open. And I've sliced it up here to show you what it looks like. And this is excellent. If you've never had real, I'm talking about where you have the wheat berries, seeds, and you put them through a mill and you turn it into flour. And then you put it into the baking machine. Somebody said, Do you have to knead it? No, no, all you do is you mix the ingredients together, put it in the bread machine, push a button, two hours twenty minutes later, you got a loaf of bread that looks like this. And if you if you follow all the instructions, it looks like this pretty much every time. Now the problem is it's it's not as easy, quite as, as easy as I'm making it sound. There's some things you got to learn about it. But anyway, that's awesome, awesome bread. I love it. It tastes wonderful. Tastes far better than any of the bread. I'll even say far better than any bread you've ever had in your life. Uh, and it's really really good for you. Now, if you're interested in it, I would send you to Joseph Kitchen. Here's the way this works. You need, everybody needs to get a package, a machine's package. And in that package, it gives you the things that you need to take it from the wheat berries to the flour. Then you put in the bread machine, all the ingredients. You don't have to knead anything. You don't have to mix. You don't have to stir. You don't have to do anything. Push a button. Two and a half hours later, you've got bread. Then this is your supplies. This is the supplies you'll need. The wheat, the honey, lecithin yeast, all this sort of stuff. This is supplies for two people for one year. Look at that, $937. You can't feed not, uh, two people for $937 for a year. Well, if you include all the shipping and the tax and everything, it's actually probably, and the machines package, uh, a little under $2,000. <laughs> if you go out and you look at some of the other people selling survival food, you're going to find out that it's more like nine dollars or $10,000 for one person for a year, not $2,000 for two people. We, we are dusting. We are leaving them in the dust. We're about 10% of their price. If you need supplies for four people a year, then you click this one here. Okay, four people for a year here, six people for a year here, and then this tells you what's in the, in the machines package. This is two people one year, four people one year, six people one year tells you all the things. That you can just add it to a cart. Essentially, Two people for one year cost you a, a little under $2,000, including all the shipping and the handling and everything. Four people, about 3000 4000 for about six people. Around those kind of a ballpark. Depends on what you get and all that sort of stuff. But go to josephskitchen.com. 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 So what we're asking you to do today is to get this book in DVD. Now, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put a challenge out there. I've had several emails come to me lately, and people will be repenting. I've been watching you for for years, and I never sent a donation until right now, and oh, I'm really sorry. I know I should have a long time ago. But anyway, here's my donation. So let me first speak to all of the people that have never supported this ministry. I'm going to ask you this time to consider supporting it. And it's not about money. I want to get you excited about proving that the Bible is true. I think you will be so amazed by this book. It's it's book and DVD. This book is just high. Well, here's a picture of what we were just talking about. High quality, full color, photographs, eight and a half by 11, big, I mean, really nice stuff, and when I saw this book, I said, oh, I got to have it, <laughs> I got to have it, because I've been there, I mean, less than I've been there, we, we know this stuff's true, we've been there, you know, we got our own photographs, a lot of this stuff, this, if we really are in the last days, and I think we both believe we are, then see God has put archaeological evidence into the earth to convince those people that will be convinced some people you never convince and what this book and d v d are is some is 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 giving you the ability to put in your hands the ability to explain the validity and the truth of the bible now here's what we're asking okay so the book is seventy five dollars but you can buy your $3,000 airline ticket. You can go to Turkey. You can go to Israel. You can spend four, or $5,000 looking for this stuff. You won't find it. You will not find it. I'm going tell you right now. You will not find the things that are in this book because you won't have God guiding you and directing you. Some places you can't even get into today. So for $75 for that book, bargain. Bargain. It's about winning souls. Now, this is a three and a half hour double DVD. That's only one disc. It's not two discs. It's one disc, but it's a a double layer. It's three and a half hours. And this explains the things that are in the book. So you need both. Don't think about getting one or the other. Get both. So we're doing this. The DVD is 50. The book is 75. But you can get both of them for a hundred dollar donation at prophecyclub.com. Now. I got the the box behind me to show you. We just got them in. We just got them in at the the warehouse, and we are all ready to ship book and DVD. All you got to do is go to prophecyclub.com and place your order, and if you want to, you can even have them overnighted to you. As you recall, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to refresh your memory. Okay, so the story was, the Pharaoh in Joseph's day so he has two dreams. The first one, he sees seven fat cattle and then seven lean cattle. Then he sees seven good ears of corn and the seven bad ears of corn. And he sees that the seven bad ears eat up the good ears. He couldn't get anybody to interpret it. So finally, he finally <laughs> turns to the man of God. Joseph, he said, can you explain? He says, yeah, the two dreams are one message. And the one message is saying God has shown the Pharaoh what he's going to do. He's going to bring seven years of plenty, which will be followed by seven years of famine. Pharaoh says, what should I do? Now, listen to this word, wheat. He said, store up wheat. And so what they did in those days, and Ron Wyatt said he found the place where they stored these massive amounts of wheat. So they stored up, during the seven years of plenty, 20 percent, not 10 percent, but 20 percent what came in, they brought it all in. They were commanded to bring it all in. During the seven years of famine, that wheat fed the world. That wheat, not rice, not beans, not freeze-dried food, (laughs) wheat. Wheat fed the world. And that is also what happened to bring the wealth of the world into Egypt. Why? Because the Jewish people were living there and God was blessing them. Genesis 41, 54 uh, 54 goes on to tell more about it. But here's the point is, he says that the seven years of dearth began to come. According to Joseph and said, and the dearth was in all the land. But in the land of Egypt, there was rice cakes. No, freeze dried food. No. What is it that God uses to take care of his people in the famine? Well, the biblical example is bread. Genesis forty one fifty five goes on to say, when in all the, leg- the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for wheat, wheat bread. So what do you suppose in the seven years of famine in the last years, what do you suppose we should have to prepare for seven years of famine today? Perhaps the same thing. Wheat, let's go on. So here's what we've done. Now, I'm going to put up a video. It's about an hour long, and I'm going to explain this in detail, so I'm not going to go into it a whole lot here. But God has directed us to begin offering a way to where you can use wheat to feed you and your family, which is probably the cheapest and the best thing, in my opinion, out there to have during a famine. So we've started a website and I'm very excited to finally bring this to you. Hopefully it is all up and working come Monday when you watch this broadcast. But what you do is go to the website and it's josephskitchen.com, Josephs kitchen.com you go there and the first page is going to look like this so what you do well actually it's not the first page but you click on shop and then it'll pull up this page then you click on right here machines package and it'll take you to a page that looks like this first thing you have to do is get the machines because wheat has two weaknesses one is it's difficult to eat the wheat berries. That's what they call them, not wheat seeds, but the wheat berries. You have to grind them up from the berries into making wheat flour to make the bread. And mechanical devices, uh, maybe I'll talk about that later, but they, they don't cut it. You have to have some kind of electric mill to take it from the berries to the flour. So what we've done is put together a package. Here's the mill this grinds, we're going to send you a meal uh, to grind it to flour, then we're we'll going to send you a bread maker so that you put all the ingredients in your push a button two hours and twenty minutes later. you got a nice, hot steaming loaf of bread and it is good. We're also going to send you a bread slicer with a knife so you can slice it up, a thermometer that you will use in the making of it, and also a set of beakers. I'm going to send you everything you need plus instructions on how I have made. Over 50 loaves of bread. I had two slices this morning for breakfast and lunch. That's what I had. Matter of fact, that's the primary thing I'm eating anymore. So it's not just survival food. It's stand daily food. Okay, so first thing you need is a set of machines. Now, those will last for a long time, perhaps several years. We don't know how long, but anyway. First thing you need to get a machines package. Next thing is you need to get the wheat and all of the ingredients. So... You're going to order if you have a mom and dad in a home. You'll order people food for at least two people for one year. That's nine thirty-seven, or figure about thousand bucks. And they we send you the wheat in the pails so that the mice and the it doesn't go bad, and it should last seven to ten years. Send you all of the ingredients you need, and you just click on add the cart. And also, if you want to have food for four people, then it's a little bit more. If you want to have food for six people, it's a little bit more. Now you compare that, okay? So you got to have the the mechanicals, which is about eight hundred, and then you have to have the actual food. Two people one year is about two thousand dollars, including shipping. That kind of a ballpark. Four people one year is about three thousand. Six people one year is about four thousand. But if you compare that to what it costs in other places, this is what you are going to find. You are going to find that most of them cost about ten thousand dollars per year per person, this is about $1,000 a year per person. What? Yeah, about $1,000 a year per person. So at that, (laughs) what we're offering you is about 10 times less than what all of these other survival food places, all these people sell survival food. My opinion, they're not doing it right. They're offering things that are very, very expensive. You shouldn't have to pay $10,000 a year to feed one person. But in most cases, it is. However, with wheat, if you do it our way, and if not only is better for you, as the video I'm going to post up here, if you'll go watch it, it'll explain to you, but it's also far cheaper. So what do you do? I'd recommend that you go to josephskitchen.com. I'll back up here. There you go, right there, josephskitchen.com. Take some time exploring through it. What you want to do, if you've got, um, say, a mom and a dad, or if, you've got, if you've got three people. Matter of fact, if you've got two people in there, you might even want to order the four people one-year package. Just make sure you got plenty. But definitely, if you've got more than two people in your home, you definitely want to get the four people one-year package. If you've got, say, mom and dad and two or three kids, uh you definitely want to get the six-year package. But here's the thing. For about 4000 to $4,500, you can feed them all for a year. <laughs> nothing else comes close. You can compare that. Most of the time, you'll spend $60,000 to feed six people for a year, not $4,000. Josephskitchen.com. Best deal out there, I think. Now, maybe somebody who got a better deal <laughs> uh, I haven't searched everything, but I doubt it. God used wheat in the days of Joseph to feed the world for seven years, and I think he's going to do it Once again, so our prices are about $2,000 a year, two people, about $1,000 a year per person, okay? Yeah, give or take, about $1,000 a year. So you got six people to feed? Yeah, less than $6,000. So Leslie Johnson, I'm a prophecy student. Why should I come to your Train the Prophets? The reason you want to come to Train the Prophets is because you want to do more work for God. You want to be trained and equipped, and this is a safe place to come. You'll be able to prophesy more accurately. You'll know how to lay hands on the sick. They shall recover, but you're going to also know how to hear the voice of the Lord and be more accurate and understand He is speaking. That's why you want to come to Train the Prophets. Go to traintheprophets.com. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN at HeavensHarvest.com. Promo code STAN. Like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.